Welcome to episode 11 of the Green and Healthy Places podcast, in which we take a deep dive into the world of sustainability, wellness and community in the real estate and hospitality sectors. I'm your host, Matt Morley, founder of BioBlue Eco Yachts, Biophilico Interiors and Biofit Nature Gyms. If you see value in this type of content, please do hit like, share or consider subscribing. In this episode, we talk to Pablo Munoz, co-founder and CEO of Everlaw, building wellness and sustainability consultants with offices in Barcelona and Madrid, Spain. Founded three years ago, it's a team of consultants, engineers, architects and energy modelers with an entrepreneurial spirit that immediately caught my attention. For their confidence, their willingness to take a risk and determination to make a genuine contribution to moving the real estate industry forward by applying what they learn at an international level to a variety of niches within their national sector in Spain that might otherwise not be able to access the benefits of the green and healthy building movement. In our conversation, we discuss air quality strategies for indoor environments such as corporate offices, the integration of both green building and healthy building strategies in a project, their first timber office building in Spain called Witty Wood, it's currently under construction, active design strategies that promote movement within an office building, their healthy home design principles applied to the Well Villa at PGA Catalunya, a residential golf resort in Spain, their own in-house air first air purification certification, and their Everlaw method that's intended to push their green and healthy building knowledge out into a more accessible price point for the Spanish market. We also look ahead to the next 12 months in our industry and Pablo highlights the risks of well washing, whereby an increasing array of products and services are branded as being healthy when they may not have a genuine uh, contribution to make to that world, meaning a dose of skepticism is going to become increasingly important for those on the inside of the healthy building movement in order to protect its reputation. Well, nada más. Here's Pablo Munoz of Everlaw in Barcelona. Pablo, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Green and Healthy Places podcast. To get things going, perhaps you could just give us a really quick introduction to who you are and also to the business Everlaw that you, you are CEO of here in Spain. Hi, Matt. Um, thank you so much. It is a pleasure for me to be here with you today. Um, of course, my name is uh, Pablo Munoz. I'm an architect. Um, I was licensed here in Spain, um, but I have uh, worked for most of my career abroad. Um, I first uh, worked in London for a couple of years where I worked for a small architecture company. And then I uh, went to New York where I, um, where I pursued the Master's uh, of Science in Sustainability uh, in the Urban Environment. And I worked for a um, pretty big consultancy firm in sustainability as well called um, Steel Winter Associates. Um, and then at some point I had the opportunity to come back to Spain and I founded Evalore with um, two of my co-founders. Um, and, and now it's been, this has been going on for uh, three and a half years, almost four. I also, I also teach at Colegio de Arquitectos, the um, architecture um, professional college here in, in Catalonia, 
in Barcelona, sustainability in architecture. And so what does your team look like today? You've been, you've been up and running now with the business for about three years, as you mentioned. What does your team look like today? And I, I guess I have to ask this one, but how, how has your team had to adapt uh, with your offices, but also the way that they work over the last 10 or 11 months uh, during the COVID-19 crisis? Yes, um, we have a team uh, made out of uh, consultants, architects, uh, engineers, and also energy modelers. We, for uh, the type of services that we that we provide, we need um, to have a to have a pretty diverse um, background um, system for for our company. Um, and for sure, um, COVID has been a challenge for for us uh, as well as for everyone. Um, we are right now uh, working remotely for most of the time, uh, but we also come to the office. Uh, there is a there is a piece um, there is a part of our work that's difficult to to um, to conduct when we are not connected, and and also there is a part of seeing each other. Um, there is a strength in that seeing each other, and that um, is difficult to to match when when you are uh, seeing. Uh, each other through a through a camera, right? Uh, there's a piece of commitment that um, is renovated every time we see each other and we talk about our projects and and, uh, and so um, even though we're trying our best uh, to to not be at the office, um, there is part of our work that um, that has to be conducted in in, in a present way. And thinking about the the indoor environment within the office, are you monitoring air quality, for example? Have you had to install uh, these sort of plastic privacy panels or desk dividers to break up your office space? Like, what, what kind of changes have you have you applied using your knowledge of, for example, the well building standard and applying it to your own home office environment or your own corporate office environment? Right. So the first thing was um, the protocols. Right. Um, we sort of have to set um, the way we use the office. So um, how often we go to the office, we try to not be all at the same time at the office. Um, how is the schedule um, when people use the office, right? That, that was the first thing that we had to think about. Um, but independently from that, we also um, adapted the office so that when we are using it, um, we are we are safe. The first part was uh, ventilation, like, uh, um, and and this is all related to the importance of the air quality in the office, right? It, it is funny. We've been talking about it now for three or four years. That was the that that's sort of how Evalora started. Um, we started talking about the importance of uh, taking care of the built environment we live in, and and the importance of the the indoor spaces. And now with COVID, we finally have uh, realized how important that is. Um, it's, it is one of the positive things of, of COVID, right? Um, and so the, one of the things that we do at the office is we measure the quality of the air we're breathing. And uh, one of the indicators for um, the potentially uh, or the potential of having COVID in, in, the, in the environment is the CO2, right? Um, it is an indicator of how many people are using the space at the same time. So we try to ventilate and um, we have a system that ventilation is connected to these, um, to those air quality sensors so that we can um, make sure that ventilation is high when it has to be. 
and we also have um, adapted space so that um, in each uh, desk we have separation from each other. Uh, the same thing happens in, in the main um, in the main uh, um, meeting room where we have uh, um, physical barriers to separate um, from each other when we have a meeting. Right? Um, that's one of the things. We also have our purifiers so that um, the air quality is is, is optimal. Your uh, air purifiers, have you integrated something into the air conditioning, the HVAC system, or are they standalone sort of domestic air purifiers like a like a Dyson system? So in our case, um, we we have the air purifiers are standalone. They they're they're on the floor because the, uh, the system we use for for uh, for the air ventilation air. Um, system or, or a um, heating system um, did not allow for for uh, incorporating those systems, those purifiers. You mentioned the idea of there being perhaps more awareness now and if there is any, let's call it a silver lining or some positive uh, change to come from what we've all been through over the last year, but, but an increasing awareness amongst the wider portion of the population about what indoor environmental quality is, about healthy indoor environments. Where are you seeing growth, if you are, where are you seeing the growth uh, or increase in interest for your for your products and services coming from? Well, um, if uh, we, we are a company that provides services on um, sustainability on one side and also health and wellness on the other, integrating um, those those two um, sides of uh, architecture into into the building industry. Um, we have certainly seen growth in in, in uh, consultancy for both. Uh, in the way that, on one hand, we are seeing that people are finally more aware uh, and more interested um, of the uh, in, in more aware of um, the impact that has um, spending a lot of time in in. In buildings, right? Like over the last year, we spent so many days um, stuck in our apartments, in our homes, that we finally realized that it had an impact on our um, physical and also emotional well-being. Um, and I think that's working in our favor in the way that um, finally, not only um, not only uh, clients that are people that want to buy a house or want to build better home for themselves, but also companies are integrating, uh, finally, uh, health into their into their projects. But also, um, I think we cannot forget that this is, at the end of the day, this is a, this sustainable, a sustainability crisis, in a way. It is an environmental crisis. Um, the, it's not very clear what the origin of the virus is, but um, most experts agree that it has to do with um, pushing um, too far the limits of where humans meet nature and uh, get into areas where we were not supposed to be. And so um, I think in a way this is also helping us realize that we need to do something. We need to build in a better way. When it comes to my sector, to architecture, okay, we need to build better. We need to build in a more efficient way for, in a better way for, for, the, for the environment, right? I think it's interesting that that relationship with nature and how it can be both positive, it can bring health benefits, 
but clearly, as you say, there, there can also be huge risks in in um, not treating or not respecting nature in the right way, or or taking it for granted that it will only bring good. Because clearly, you know, there are there are there's certain situations, such as certain animals in certain markets in China or, or wherever, where yeah, we can put ourselves at risk. But to to, to get into that, the idea of of reconnecting with with nature in in urban environments. I know that you've been working on a, on a wood, primarily timber-built construction project in Barcelona that's been getting quite a lot of press attention recently. Could you just talk us through what that looks like and describe that project? Because I know you're going for both LEED and WELL, so both the Healthy Building and the Green Building certifications on that one. Yes, um, for sure. This will be the Witty Wood um, building, and as you said, it will be the first um, timber-built building um, two offices in, in building in Spain. It, it, it will be a five-story building uh, in the district of Poblano, um, which is sort of a technology district. It's the area in Barcelona where most offices, new offices are being built. Um, it is a very cool project. We're very, very excited about it because, as you said, it is not only going uh, for, for LEED certification. LEED is one of the most um, renowned um, green building standards in the world um, together with BRIM. BRIM would be the, the UK version and, and it is the US version. And it looks into all aspects of sustainability. And not only um, does it look into making sure that the building doesn't uh, consume too much energy. I mean, the, the energy efficiency of the building is for sure a very, very important part. And in this case, we are using district heating um, system that's available in the area and that make, already makes the, the building very efficient in, in that area. Uh, and of course, um, solar panels for photovoltaic for um, production, for electricity production will be available in the building. And so also a, a building envelope um, that's uh, very sophisticated so that we can decrease the, the energy demand of the building for both the winter and the summer. Um, so not only that, but also we're looking at using sustainable materials. Um, we're looking at using materials that do not come from very far away and that are produced in a sustainable manner. Um, often we're looking into making sure that um, they are using a circular economy system to, to, uh, for production. We're also looking at water consumption. In fact, we are one of the really cool things about this project is that there will be uh, a water collection system and then the water will be used for both irrigation and also for um, for bathroom use. Um, so, um, and, and um, those are one of the things that this building includes. But uh, what makes also this building very, very cool is that we are pursuing lead together with well. Um, well is the most, uh, in this case, the, the equivalent of LEED, but in, in the health and wellness area. Um, it is the most, uh, it is an American standard in this case, and um, it is based on uh, six years of um, medical and scientific research. Um, and so the strategies that well proposes are not random. They are based on um, very, very specific parameters that um, have been proven to improve the health of the people that spend time in those buildings. 
Uh, and in this case, we're talking about uh, the air quality of the building. We're talking about the quality of the lighting. We're making sure that the lighting doesn't interfere with the uh, circadian rhythms of, of the people that spend time in the building. And we can talk more about that because this might sound uh, a little um, too scientific for some people. We can talk more about the circadian rhythms later. Um, but um, Wallace, uh, we've Wallace looked at uh, in a very holistic way. We, it also has to do with acoustic comfort, with thermal comfort, with the perception that we have of the building. And so with biophilia, which is um, the strategy of integrating nature into the interior side of the building. Um, so I think it will be a very, very interesting project. We're very excited about it. And have you had to do anything in terms of, how did you address, for example, the nutrition and the fitness components of, of the well certification? Because I know those can always be um, perhaps slightly more challenging in some ways because there just might not be space for a fitness room or a gym facility or there might not be a, an on-site uh, food or, or restaurant um, facility. How have, you, how have you addressed those chapters of the, of the well certification? That's, that's a challenge um, very often. But um, it is interesting because people sometimes think that um, fitness has also has only to do with um, with being able to integrate a, a gym facility in the building, but sometimes it, it has to do with the way we use a building. For example, if we place the staircase um, uh, in an area where it can be seen, where um, it is, we are promoting the use of it instead of using the elevators, and we make the use of the staircase um, something that's appealing to people. Um, let's say uh, with art pieces or um, music or uh, with colors or uh, even nature. And we are also, um, we're, we're helping people to be more active. And so that's one of the strategies that, that well addresses. Um, then the nutrition part um, is a little more challenging here as well, because there is no, there is no restaurant in this facility, in this building. Um, and this, in this case, one of the things that, um, one of the main things that we are looking at is the vending machines. We're making sure that the, the food offered in the in vending machines is, is uh, only healthy food. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you just have to look for whatever opportunities are available, right? Depending on on the size of the of the project. Clearly, in a in a commercial office environment, um, something like with you would, uh, you know, it's 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 a pretty big project. So you've got you've got lots to play with there. But then when you when you Focusing more on something, say, like a single-family home, um, clearly there are more restrictions there. How have you, I know you do both the commercial and the residential side, so if you, when you're applying those well philosophy or well um, co design concepts to a residential project that's maybe just made for a family, such as the one you did uh, at the PGA Catalonia Resort, how does that how, how, what is that process of uh, of transferring that same piece of knowledge to a completely different context where it's really more about one one family living together rather than lots of, of co-workers spending eight hours in an office each day but this is actually somewhere where people live like, how, how do you have to adapt your approach right um, I mean the, the the principles are are the same. We need to take care of the place where we work, and that makes us more 
um, productive and that's great for our company. And that's pretty much the main reason companies are really integrating well into their um, daily lives um, because they know it's profitable for them. But uh, when it comes to us, to making decisions on where we decide to live, don't we want the same thing for, for ourselves, for uh, our own family, and uh, what we want for our for our workers? Um, I think the answer is is yes. Um, we want to we want to we want our family to to live in a place that um, cannot really compromise um, their their health. Um, so the same principles are being implemented in projects like the one you said. And that's a, that's a very interesting project because that was the first time um, you, you talked about the well villa in the PGA uh, Catalonia Resort. And that was the first time that the well standard was applied to a single family home. And so um, we had to sort of translate, as you said, those principles into, into a single family home. But the principles are the same. We need to make sure that the air quality is optimal. Um, and for that, we are, we are installing air sensors. We are making sure that the ventilation system is optimal and that we install high quality or high um, performance filters when we have to, um, or even air purifiers integrated in the, in the um, uh, HVAC system. Um, and then um, we need to make sure that the quality of the water for consumption is also optimal, especially in that building was is built in an area where in the past there were certain problems with the with the water that was available to the to the tap and so and that was also a, a really important strategy for the project. And we also looked at all the materials being used in the in the project and we um, we were very careful choosing materials that didn't have any ingredients that could be um, in any way not good for, for the human health. And uh, people listening to us might be um, might be surprised, like, oh, are there uh, products that are allowed in our homes or in our interiors that are not good for our health? And um, sadly, the answer is yes, they're allowed. So all those were strategies that we implemented in this project. I could talk for, for hours about that because um, I don't remember the exact number, but there were over 30 or 40 strategies that we implemented in that project. And clearly, so that one of them is always, one of the key components of that is always the air quality. I, I thought one of the really interesting things about what you're doing is, is not just providing um, consultancy services as architects and as experts in lead and, and well, but you seem to be uh, taking quite an entrepreneurial approach to uh, this whole um, scene. And in a way, I think, you know, genuinely making your own contribution to that, I was really interested to, to read about your air first uh, air purification certification, which, which seems to be obviously inspired by the, the bigger players in the market, but perhaps adapting it for um, Spanish or local requirements. So how have you, where did you come up with that initial idea and what was the, and what was the, the objective in presumably not just creating something to compete with existing certification systems, but perhaps something that's better adapted to the local market? Would that, would that be fair? Yes, um, we um, when it comes to when, when it came to uh, Air First, 
we actually realized that um, there was a hidden demand that was not being satisfied. Um, we know that there is a big demand for uh, big health and wellness projects in Spain or in Europe in general, especially in the in the office sector, in the office building sector. But how about those smaller projects that um, cannot really implement those measures because simply they don't have the budget or the means to, to do so. We, we thought about, okay, how can we make it available? How can we make it more simple for those smaller projects? And if those strategies that are being, uh, that have been proven to work for any kind of project, um, cannot be all implemented at once in, in the project. Why can't we uh, choose those strategies that uh, make a difference and that can be implemented and then help our, our clients to, to show, um, to communicate um, that they're making an effort. Maybe they are not implementing all the strategies at once, but they, they're doing those that they're implementing those that um, really make a difference in the project. And that's how um, AirFirst um, came. Um, it is a certification that um, looks at one of the things that nowadays um, is probably the most important, which is the air quality. Uh, we're just looking at air quality. So um, we, it, is, uh, it is based on well, but basically because well is an open standard um, that sets strategies that have been proven to work. So um, let's make sure that um, um, those strategies are available to everyone, right? It's, it's, so in a way, is um, I like to use that word. I use it in Spanish uh, uh, all the time, which is um, democratize. I think it would be in English, right? Um, those those standards for for everyone. And that's what Airfirst is about. And so that would then be a separate piece of uh, intellectual property compared to what you describe as your Everlaw method, which is is really just is that is that as much as anything your process, or is there is that your particular way of addressing the projects, or is there more to it? Is that a are you adding something to to the, the the healthy building movement in that sense, or is it is just a way of working? It is both. It is both. Um, in a way, is uh, it is um, it is a way of working. Um, we we have set a very clear way of um, first communicating with the client, making sure or understanding what what they need um, and what are the needs and the goals of the project, and then um, working together through the process to make sure they they reach those goals through the strategies that we propose, and then helping helping them communicate those strategies that they have implemented at the end of the project. That's the Evalor method. Her first would sort of be one of the 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 the, the, the forms that the Evalor method can take. Um, the Evalor method um, appeared in a similar way to, to what I described earlier uh, with her first. It is, it is a way to implement those um, energy efficiency and sustainability measures and also those um, health and wellness measures um, that come and, and are probably in all the main international standards available for the for the building industry to implement those or at least those that um, have the most sense in that particular project because are going to make a difference and 
are uh, feasible from both the economical um, and, and and also the the the, the means, right, the, the the logistics standpoint, and uh, implement those in, in the project, and then help, of course, at the end, help the client communicate that, right, like a. Uh, and highlight the value of the work that, uh, that the client has made. And we do that through uh, an online platform in, in, in which we explain the measures that have been implemented in the project. And imagine that could be an office project or it could be uh, a building project uh, for, for uh, a residential project, or it could be a school. We've made um, the project for a school recently. Um, also co-working has been one of our projects. Um, so it, explaining that and giving that option to our client to be able to communicate that through an online platform, maybe through um, chats and conferences, um, maybe a video, promotional video, uh, we also create a, a, a seal that they can place at the entrance of the building, all that. And that's also part of the environment. As you say, I think it is about democratizing that, that knowledge and, and the, the, the scientific um, backing behind uh, this this whole approach to, to creating healthy buildings, but in a sense, it's almost like the next generation coming through now, where you know the sort of the the parents of would be lead and well, and now there's the sort of the new generation taking that knowledge and moving it forward and adapting it to to new markets and, and new demands. And I know you're also you mentioned before we started uh, talking today that you're also working on a modular homes project. Perhaps you could is that is that also a healthy home concept that you're developing? Yes, yes. Um, we um, well, I, I, I would like to say first that what you said, what you just said, um, it is very, very interesting. Uh, what you said about the fathers being lead and well, well, all those standards from what we've seen, they are really at the avant-garde of um, of this industry. And what we've seen of the of the last few years is that codes uh, created by the administration are little by little catching up and um, getting closer to those standards. And the main purpose, um, in my opinion, or the main, um, the main value of those standards is to set a very high standard for those codes uh, to catch up to. Uh, and so um, it, this is very, very interesting. To me, um, those standards are not uh, a goal in themselves. They are a tool to take buildings to the next level. And so that's that's the way uh, we like to work. We we don't make projects just to, to reach those standards. We make projects um, to to reach certain levels of excellency, right? And to to to, uh, to get that, we use those standards. There is a subtle difference um, there to us. And um, you you were you were uh, can you repeat the last yeah, question? Just Matt? talking about the the modular homes project that you mentioned. Oh. Yes, yes, we are. This is a very new project we're working on at the moment, and we are working with with a partner that uh, creates modular homes uh, project made out of uh, cellular concrete, which is a very, very interesting product because um, um, it, it is it has really high benefits. Uh, it is a high performance uh, material because um, it, it can be used uh, as a structural material, but at the same time, it has very um, high um, um, insulation uh, 
um, benefits, uh, both uh, on the acoustical side and both on, and also on the on the thermal side. Um, and, and it allows us to to work in a modular way. Um, so we are. This is sort of like a this is a project we have started uh, recently, but it is one of the new things that we are we have started to to work on. That. And and together with this company that that usually builds uh, concrete homes, we are integrating um, all those health and wellness and sustainability measures that we are having to integrate in other projects, and that we have seen that has a big impact in the in the habitants of those of those homes and that don't have um, a huge impact in the in the pocket in the in the, in the money that that project would cost and so um, we are very excited to to see that come to light it, it feels like there's just so many different small niche corners of this of the real estate market that have yet to be touched by by uh, this kind of sustainable and healthy building approach right there's just still so much to do it sounds like you guys are really innovating and and pushing the boundaries and and hustling hard which which is yeah it's great to see if you look to the next 12 months um, obviously it's been a tough year but you mentioned that there's there has been an increase in interest in in what you do and I'm, i'm sure that that will only continue if you were to look a year down the line into the future like what do you see as being the the key trends or the key changes that will happen over the next year or so in, in this industry of ours? Well, I think one of the main trends is that um, I definitely think that well and wellness in general have um, are going to be much more integrated in, in projects all over the world. Um, it has happened with um, with sustainability and, and green building. And actually, there was this, um, this process in which everything was green and um, that was scary right it was this greenwashing um area era in which uh, everyone and everything and every product was green and then that was that sort of when the standards took that that also that that importance um i think a similar thing is going to happen with um, with wellness and we need to be careful about yeah. it i'm sure that everything is going to be healthy in the in the future every product is going to take care of your health and it's going to kill corona and and all that and we we saw that uh, in the summer um and there was some places that talked about a safe place and and uh, when you dig uh, a little deeper into what they had done um it was maybe just uh, an establishment like a, a bar or something that had just used a specific product to to clean the surfaces and but nothing really uh, more than that and they were claiming to be a safe uh, and corona free, free place we need to be careful about that in general uh, i think health is going to be a trend but we need to be careful about the way um about the way we we um we face it and i think um architecture um offices are going to start offering those services um, and and we are in a way, giving our services, um, we'll keep, we'll continue giving our services, of course, to um, promoters and and, um, and and bigger companies that uh, are building. But also, we have focus. We are focusing a little bit on architecture firms that um, want to give those services to their clients, but maybe they don't have the knowledge. Uh, we're we're trying to help um, architecture firms so that everyone can give that service. 
Amazing. Well, listen, best of luck with, uh, with the next year. And, and I'm sure you have a very bright future with the business. Just um, to close then, where can people find you? Websites, social media, what's the best uh, way to connect with you all? Um, well, they can find us uh, in our website, which is Evalore, which is E-V-A-L-O-R-E dot S. And also on social media, um, we're on Twitter, Evalore Well. And we're also on uh, LinkedIn and, and any other uh, site as well. So thank you very much uh, for, for this time, Matt. And it's been a pleasure for me to be here with you. Yeah, that's Pablo.